there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid lazy negativity, we are making this here episode a drinking game. Woo! Anytime we say anything negative about a film, each other, life, you're going to hear this sound. That means we have to take a drink and we hope you drink it uh, along with us. Pour yourselves a glass. Let's uh, get naked and run around and bark like a dog. Dave Dave always makes sure we know whenever he's filled up a mug to the fucking top. Stein. Fucking Stein over there. Full to the top. It's like, pour yourselves a glass because the guy. The get guy, real. Because <laughs> the guy who made the witch decided he needed to be louder. I'm saying, I'm, I know this isn't part of the review. If you guys see this in Dolby Cinema, I was like, I've, I don't think oh. I've ever. I, we've seen a lot of loud movies recently. That was the loudest movie I've ever I can, seen. I can, uh, I can picture the the sound mixer going, "No, we, we, it's Dolby Specs. We don't push it this high." And he's like, "Fuck it." Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, true. not just like spiky highs or like deep lows. It was like the whole. I actually spent time because it was so loud. It's a good movie, but I spent time in this movie thinking about those like alternate. Um, soundtracks. I'm sure you've seen those videos where they just play different soundtracks. The whole time I was like, what if this movie just was silent? What would it be like? Would it be the same movie? What if they put in like, I'm walking on sunshine while they're like walking like the the slaves across Iceland or whatever. Something had to stop that. (laughs) People, we are talking about the Northman. Director Robert Eggers. Uh, I was going to count how many movies he's made, but it's actually more than I expected. But, something like um, seven or something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, okay, it's not that high, actually. Uh, it's only his third. I was right, I thought it was. So The Witch was technically his first feature film that he directed, and then, of course, The Lighthouse and The Northman coming out swinging. What a guy. Robert Eggers' latest entry with a stellar cast. Nicole Kidman, people. Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, Anya Taylor-Joy, Alexander Skarsgård. This is co-written by a guy named Sion. But before we get into the Northman, why don't we go ahead and shout our people out? John, why, can you... Was he, is he aggressive by nature? What was that? John, <laughs> you want to shout our people out? John. Uh... <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Uh... We have a beer sponsor. <laughs> we, have a beer sponsor. We, haven't even, we haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, <laughs> we have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozo. You can follow him on Instagram, cbarozo.beer. If you want to go for that, it's in the show notes. Give him a follow. Love that guy. Uh, we have all of our music <clears throat> provided by the artist Dasein. That's D-A-S-E-I-N. Check out the show notes to go to the SoundCloud link and download all the music for motherfucking free. Sean! <laughs> <laughs> it's all capitals too it's all caps all right go look at our link tree dave set up a link tree you can find us all over the socials youtube uh we're we're on tiktok now dave's making those videos for us before he heads off to australia no one's dancing i I promise to go on a sojourn yeah no teenagers teenagers dancing in our uh fucking tiktok we always try to keep it spoiler free for a couple minutes so if you have not yet seen this film please go ahead and check it out please do stay with us till the end when we get to our recommendation section because somebody in our group actually got to see the unbearable weight of massive talent starring Nicolas Cage, which also came out this weekend. So you can hear a take on that, but you got to wait till the end of the episode, people. We got to tease you and string you along. Mm. And any other news that you guys want to shout out before we get into the North man? I mean, Elon Musk Musk is buying Twitter. Yes. He is doing it. 44. I I care about as much about that as the uh, Johnny Depp Amber (laughs) Heard trial, to be honest. It's like, I care a lot more about it. Just go away. Yeah. I I care a lot more about it, but we'll see. Um, anything else? Any? I guess no. No, okay. let's hit it, dude. Let's, let's fucking get into go the, for it. The North Bend. So as I said, Robert Eggers. Who, if you're wondering what he looks like, just picture a, a self-portrait by Rembrandt, where the guy looks really angry with a beard, and that's basically Robert Eggers. He is from New Hampshire, and he makes really dark, scary <laughs> movies that are really cool. Totally, because he's it. from New Hampshire. Which Lighthouse and now North Men. He likes to reuse some of his actors, which is cool. As I said, good cast. Mm. Let's get right into the plot, because I think I've been chatty yeah. about this enough. From visionary director Robert Eggers. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> wow, they put that in their own logline. I love it how it's it's his, it's, his, it's his, in the blurb. It's his third movie, and they're like, "Oh my god, what a visionary!" Okay, okay, he's, he's made two really fucking out there films. If he doesn't have a following by now, yeah. Like anyway, um, an action-filled epic that follows John. A young... <laughs> oh, he's a co-writer, man. He's an Oscar nominee. I have some respect. The Oscars. I want to change our buzz to that. <laughs> once gained respect. <laughs> For visionary director Robert Eggers comes The Northman, an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. Rated R for strong bloody violence. Lots of that. And some other Jesus shit. And the tagline, the tagline, which no tagline can make a cool movie sound more cool. Tagline, conquer your fate. <laughs> Sorry. Your sure. Genres: action, adventure, drama, fantasy, history, and thriller, all spooled into one. Thank you. Oh, like, yeah, yeah they, it's like let's just list them all so we can cover awards season at the, the Golden Globes. <laughs> By the time you see this, this will not be in Dolby Cinema, but we saw it in Dolby. A couple of us saw it in Dolby Cinema, and it was fucking yeah. fire. So that's it. Let's go ahead try to keep it spoiler free for a little bit. People, what did you think of the Northman? Did you, did you find Nicole Kidman's other, like her, the second role she played in that a little, like, annoying? The second role. Interesting. Yeah, where she's like, like, she literally, like, mansplains coming to AMC theaters at the beginning. Oh, that, fuck. Like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. You had that joke for us. There you go. You guys, how is your, uh, how is New York City, how is New York City reacting to that? The past three movies I've been to, so this is going on three or four weeks now. It may have even started with the Batman we are hooting and hollering when she's coming out. First, we were like, fuck you. We were like getting really sick of it. Now people are like, finally. Like, they're like, yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah. Everyone just really, really. Yeah, like, they're like, it's, it's turned it's into it's something. Either, it's, it's either aggressively cheering or ironically cheering is happening in my theaters. Although I did notice a lot of the seats in front of me are like hitting me in the knees as people are like, <sighs> like when we yeah. get to that bit. Yeah, but at least, you know, you get to that and you know the pre show is over. The next thing you see is the movie. I feel like we're over it, but I do hope. Thanks for reminding me, Dave. I do hope that I can see Doctor Strange opening weekend on maybe Friday because I feel like that's the kind of crowd that's going to like give entrance applause. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, to the movie. I, uh, I, really, I, I, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. I, was, I wasn't expecting a lot going in. Um, and Did you not like The Witch and The Light? I can't remember. Did you Wait, just we, like we The Witch? The Witch I, I kind of liked, yeah. Uh, Lighthouse is on my list of things I should have seen by now. Oh, well. Because I haven't uh, seen it. So why was your bar so low? <laughs> um, just because I like I liked The Witch, but it was slow and like that sort of thing. But it was one of those stories where you get guided along. And this this one I found absolutely fucking enthralling. Nice. Like they, Wait, it grabbed me at nice, the beginning. And well, I'll, go I'll through our what. feed to listen to our episode about The Witch where Dave likes it more than he's letting on right now. But go ahead. It's in our feed, people. The Witch. <laughs> Yeah. did like we all liked it a lot yeah, yeah it is it's, it's, it is i just found it like i said i just found it a little slow but i'll tell you what there are, <laughs> i think there are three films in modern history like modern history i'm talking about the last couple of years that grab you right from the opening sound and this is one of them what were the other two? Um, oh yeah no, dune, i'm going to know the other two dune and west side dune, story wow. wow oh wow a little recency David. bias there um tight hmm. recency bias hey. i uh I yeah. Anything Sean. else before I? Sean. <laughs> I mean, no, it's gone. I'm gonna I'm gonna hear that. The last thing I think about before I go to sleep. No, I know it is. Um, I I think I liked this movie. I don't think I loved it. Uh, we'll get into it more. I still would say it was definitely worth seeing into theater, folks. This is a real spectacle. I mean, there's some really amazing, amazing, gripping, compelling imagery in here that you just you, you yeah. don't you only see from to make fun of what you're saying jeff from visionary risky younger like newer directors they're kind of it's kind of like they get put into this box if we expect this from you but you know what he, he's leaning into it really hard he loves messing with color he loves messing with with time and i think now we got to see him play a lot with interesting camera movement that he didn't play with quite as much in the previous two films um, story-wise, I think I'll have some stuff to say when we start deconstructing this. I think that was probably my least favorite part about it. Um, but ultimately, I, I'm glad. I've been waiting for this movie for a really long time. Mm. Um, it was noisy in my theater as well, Jeff. I went to just one of the regular large uh, 
the biggest like regular digital theater in, in one of the theaters here. And um, it wasn't too noisy, but there were some moments where I think they were purposefully mixing it to try to, to do some things that I, I think worked. I, I, think, I think it worked. I'm excited to hear you guys talk about it, honestly, because when I walked out of The Witch, Jeff and I saw it together and we were both like, whoa, that was awesome. What the fuck was that? I never seen anything like that. that when ended, I walked out but, of The Lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I went and saw The Lighthouse at, um, uh, God damn it, one of the uh, good independent film theaters in New York City. And there were not many people in my, in my theater, but everyone was like, that was a really interesting, compelling art house horror movie. <laughs> Don't know if that's going to do very well on a large scale, but I'm glad he got to make it. I'm glad I got to see it in, you know, on a, on a theater. And I kind of felt that way about this one. Robert Eggers is not for everyone. And I think it's been interesting to watch them market this with a you know, $90 million plus budget and really trying to get his vision out there, which I'm always going to be thankful for. I am so happy there are people who are getting paid well and giving good budgets to try to make original stories for adults, you know, I'm always going to be a big fan of that. Um, but this is so extremely stylized, and I just don't know if it compensated uh, for what I would say is a lack of storytelling, ultimately. But I, I still liked it. How about you, Jeff? Um, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm somewhere between the two of you, it seems like. It was enthralling in many ways, especially visually. Um, it was really interesting. Was, I saw it drunk. I haven't seen a movie drunk in a while. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know how much of an effect how drunk, how drunk are we talking like a, a couple drinks or yeah, were you like, like shots so. um, <laughs> yeah. I had four pints so not too drunk I guess right. but like you All know right. yeah. yeah enough enough uh, I'm also pints before we even started the show so. no I know I know I know, I know. Yeah. four pints oh no and I had a glass of wine okay so yeah I'm really All right, yeah, you're I'm not, I'm not yeah. exactly Give it, I'm not putting uh, Ian McKellen. The Australian aperitif. Who was it? No, it was Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole got me beat, probably. They probably again. seen a lot of movies yeah, sure, drunker than me. I would, I would imagine. Um, <laughs> I, I thought, the, I thought the, the, the opening sequences were really fucking interesting. Way out there. I was so surprised. I, I was like, holy shit, did, is Guillermo del Toro a producer on this ship? Or like the, uh, for this one sequence that I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. I was, but maybe it was just Willem Dafoe, where I was like, wait a second, are we in... Are we in Nightmare Alley again? Like with just like in a weird dystopian a thousand years ago or something? It was really crazy. Um, as far as the storage, I do know I do know what you're saying. I think it's difficult because the kingdom is small. <laughs> there's only like 20 people there, so I, I think there's something to be said there. That's not a bad thing, obviously, but the, the epic scale that they set up for this thing. Yeah, and then the, and then there was really not that much story, and. And what was there, they did epically, but it really was small. So I guess it's probably closer to like opera. Yeah, it was. It was a, a small, of... small film shot like an epic. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I was... This is this is not an this is not an opera podcast, but some of the most epic operas. Again, you don't have to obsess over seeing opera, but some of them have very little plot, but it's all an emotional journey. Like it's really like like most of these arias are like I feel really sad, so therefore I'll do this mm. and it's and like i mean unlike, unlike an opera this is not three and a half hours long like yeah exactly exactly so. but but it did it did kind of feel that way and so but i don't know if the emotional i don't know if they covered that i mean obviously we knew it was emotional but i don't know if they covered it as well as an opera does with like a good fucking aria i don't know if they got it the whole time but at the same time i was gripped i really was gripped and compelled the whole time and after that opening i was always waiting for another stunning sequence for the majority of the film. So I was, I was constantly Look, waiting to see yeah. what's next. So I guess that's a good thing. I want to bring that up. I want to bring that up again. I think we'll, let's wait till spoilers when we actually like deconstruct stuff, even though I don't think we're going to refer to specific things, but I like how you said, and we'll come back to that analogy about the Aria. Cause I think it says a lot about what my issue was, but regardless, I'm in school right now. I watch tons of original material made by people. And this is just one of those examples where like, we can pull the threads of what we thought could have been done better or whatever, but it's just so obvious when you're in the hands of a really, really brilliant filmmaker. Oh, yeah. Like he knows, he knows how to make a movie. Like he knows how to make it really, really compelling to sit down mm. and watch images and sound, do something th more than what they, you know, it's not just story, which again, even though that might be my issue with it, that's how good of a filmmaker he is. If I was still able to sit there in the theater and say, maybe the lack of character that I was, kind of hoping for with each scene it was still so it was still told in such a 
a gorgeous and artistic way that if, if you're not into that atmospheric and visual kind of thing, then the art house, the most extreme kind of art house kind of style, uh, you might really not like this movie. But I still, I would challenge you. I bet you haven't seen a movie like this ever or in a long time, unless you're, mm. you know, you follow the art house scene. The one, the one thing I do like about uh, what I seem to be noticing a pattern of in the witch. Uh, you can speak to whether it's the same in the lighthouse, but the car- the like the location ends up being a character in the story almost. Yeah, yeah, totally, dude. And like essential to the story in some way. Like that, yeah, yeah. That every one of them has a specific location that you once it gets there, it locks down to. That's probably really a pain in the ass to film there too, because it was so cloudy. Yeah. It probably rained all the time, <laughs> and I'm sure they had. I'm sure they had a fucking meteorologist yeah. tell them where the sun was going to be all the time. Because the gri- <laughs> yeah, the grips, the grips are like, do I do I pull a diffuser out today? No, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but- I love the authenticity. Let's give it up for that. Him and a. Uh, I wanted to look up this man's name. Uh, fuck, I have heard this pronounced on the Team Deacons podcast. So I'm going to fuck it up. Yarin Blatchk. Lauren Yaren Blaschke or his, mm-hmm. his cinematographer and teammate. Yes. They make everything together. Yeah. Co-creator. He's more, much more than just a, you know, a cinematographer that he hires. They, they develop ideas together. Robert apparently does tend to do more of the writing, but Yaren or Jaren, however you say his name. Sorry, man. Uh, he's right there beside him. And I love the authenticity, their, their obsession with trying to, to prep and figure out the right camera, the right lens, the right aesthetic, and they never, ever, ever, ever break their rules once once they're mm. in the film. Like he, the, he also the language of the film to, stays consistent. He also knows when to knock the framing off as well. Like you'll go from <laughs> like what could be termed as standard cinematography to like an epic right, shot yeah. with just people in the bottom, and the location is huge behind them, and it's it's such a a fantastic contrast to sit there and watch. Yeah. It's very pleasing to the eye. Whole, uh, I will. Iceland, say, um, on, Iceland the whole way, by the yeah. way. They filmed oh, yeah. in Iceland every, every day. Every on, uh, on mine, like it's listed on IMDb as 2.35 aspect ratio. Mm, did it? Think... Did, was there an aspect ratio change in yours? Because mine was like 1.85 full frame. It didn't even fill the screen at one point. Ooh. Or did they just fuck up the projection? Because uh, if, if, if you fuck up, up, the, the, up the setting, the ingest settings, it'll, it'll do that. But. Yeah, Mine okay, looks cool. consistent throughout, but I also, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if the, you saw it in IMAX or Dolby because it's not an IMAX. Dolby you saw it in Dolby. Yeah. No, because fucking Dumbledore they, took the fucking. If there was an IMAX, the Dumbledore is. Fucking I don't think they. I think they purposefully did not release it in IMAX. Actually. Well, there you go. Good time. I don't think. I think I then. don't think they created a IMAX release. I think they did uh-huh. something with the sound. They wanted yeah, to keep good, Dolby. Good for them. Uh, but oh, anyway, yeah, it was really fun. Dave, you're right, dude. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no! You can tell with the separation of the like the drums and everything in this in the soundtrack they definitely put that dolby to good use yeah yeah i think they probably yeah. want and again i didn't say? see it in there but uh, i was gonna say that um you mentioned it earlier told epically it kind of made me think of the revenant in a way in a very different way because the revenant mm-hmm. is i would say almost solely character driven there of course it's lebetsky there's still some really beautiful shots him and, and your roots can't help themselves but it's so character driven it's like yeah. here's leo this close to the film the whole time so we don't get to see many, many movies like this. And the difference between these two is I think you can have a, I don't know if, if the Revenant is popcorn movie. I'm not saying this is something you can't, the Northman <laughs> is something you, you can only have fun with, but you can have a bucket of popcorn and enjoy yourself. Like the, just the, mm. ah, the screaming, the, the naked, the, funny, the blood. Funny the story night. about the Revenant. My, my aunt in Australia uh, sent me a thing about how she loved bears. She'd love to give one a hug. So I sent her that clip from the Revenant. <laughs> she never, yeah, she's never, she's to this day, she's never watched to the end of it. <laughs> I love fucking little tangential note. I still love that as much as he has been begged, 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 begged in every interview, Inuruta will not tell anybody how he shot that. They will <laughs> nice. not give out the dirt on how they achieved it. Uh, but yeah, let's yeah. let's keep going. You guys want to get spoilery, or did you want to give a, a gentle comment before we move in? Uh, I I just one thing I like talk going back to what you were saying about it being character driven. I felt like the writing was very character driven as well when they were writing it, because you know how like you can get plot driven, mm. character driven, and I felt like one of the reasons this appealed to me is because it was almost like the characters were making decisions, and if they'd made the other other decision, it they left it free to go in that other direction. There was nothing. Like it didn't feel like the pieces were being moved. It felt like the story was being moved along by the characters' decisions, and that I think that's mm. why this resonated better because I really love that style. So it's mm. it's it's fun to follow because it's like it you can't predict. Like it's 
it's not like oh i can see where this this plot's going you can't predict which way that's going to go because that character could make an absolute bonehead decision here and go completely the opposite way that is true i there there, there was an unpredictability about the characters and i would say big comment is tension i think i think the one thing that was present the entire time was there was always tension between the characters i never felt safe and i think that's a good thing that he achieved mm. cool all right, why don't we spoil may the have fuck some, out of this? I may know, have some criticism for that. Yeah, let's get in there. Let's get in there. Oh, John's coming at me. All right, come at me, oh. film, film school, bruh. Let's do it. Let's send everybody away. If you're mowing the lawn, if you're mowing the lawn, go ahead, turn that mower off for a second. Go and watch this movie. Come back, finish the lawn and the podcast. <laughs> yeah. See some, I, uh, see some bloody violence. I, see, that's the funny thing. I didn't think, I didn't find this overly violent. No, we did see some heads get chopped off, though. I'm sh- yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I lay it the, out. What do, you, what, do you, what do you got for us? What I've got for you is it's part of his style, so I'm not going to take away from it. And I'm not even saying this is objectively an issue, but I couldn't stop noticing it, which is probably not a great sign. I struggle with dialogue that is grounded in declarations and proclamations. Yeah, it's a lot of that in this movie. It's 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 almost only that in this movie. <laughs> and and I I just feel like there's a reason that Shakespeare Oh, and, we're going to Bill, huh? I mean, there's a reason why Shakespeare gets away with that. He created a rule in his world of storytelling that exists for every single character he's ever written except for one. And even then, that character still uses that rule to their advantage, Iago. Uh, So this is a land and a a universe of storytelling where people say exactly what they think because they're talking to us or they're to themselves and us as audience members. And I struggled time and time again in this movie that they kept saying everything they were thinking and that they wanted to do out loud. But it didn't feel like it was living in a land and a world where everybody spoke like that because the rule wasn't totally consistent there was the movie starts with exchanges of dialogue um we can talk about ethan hawk and that's i, I liked the opening and i enjoyed it He's but as soon year. as scarscar yeah as soon as scarscar grew up and which is most basically the rest of the movie it's most of the movie um i really did feel like i was i got kind of annoyed every time that i felt like they were going to start talking to each other because they just said exactly what they were going to do and that started to that started to just kind of frustrate me, and it started making me kind of yearn for like this is almost like I wonder what this would be like if they had like just spoken in the original language and just like literally like what if this would have been like no subtitles and they just would have spoken in that language and it would have been like a silent film truly set in this like old language that we don't even understand anymore. That became more and more attractive to me, and he started playing with it towards the end. And I thought those were some of the most compelling moments when they were speaking it in the gates of hell at the very end, and you didn't know what they were saying. I thought that was really cool. Sometimes it was subtitled. Um, and then to, to your point, and I'm going to agree with this, there were some really, really cool ideas introduced in the name of, I think Edgar is trying to do what he likes to do best, which is contain it and make it small. Mm. When he decided, when he basically outs the fact that there wasn't that that his father wasn't worth avenging and that the whole scheme was actually not some righteous cause. I thought I was like, Whoa, Holy shit. Is he about to deconstruct Hamlet? Like this is going to be really, really exciting. He's going to take it back and make us just see the tragedy of what does it look like when revenge is, is soiled and something like tainted and poisonous. It's not, Mm. it's not righteous at all. And they didn't go the distance. It turned into being something more predictable. He did follow it to the end, and it did just build to this giant fight between him and the uncle. And that led me down a little bit. And there were just a few examples of that where, like, I guess I was kind of thinking, like, he's starting to introduce ideas that are that are kind of subversive for what we think of as, like, these kinds of legendary hero's journey tales. But I don't know if he fleshed them out enough. I think that, like, he... It almost felt like he was like, no, nah, we got to get these guys fighting in front of a volcano by the end of this movie. It's not going to become more about the deconstruction of this man's journey and him getting more of what he needs versus what he wants. I want to give him what he wants and people are going to have to just bask in the spectacle of it. And I'll, I just I'll felt a little, that, that I just felt abandon, like a little underwhelmed. That did abandon that theme. I'll grant you that one. Uh, I, I did find that it, it kind of told the story of like, you know, on the path to revenge, dig two graves. 
effectively, yeah. uh, which was the main theme through the whole thing. And it like I found that at the end of it, I felt exactly like one does at the end of a revenge quest. It wasn't entirely satisfying because you thought there was going to be this big moment and no, they just killed each other. And you're like, oh, that was a bit of a letdown. But then it's like, well, that's kind of what happens at the end of a revenge quest. It never goes but, entirely the way you want it to. There was no satisfying ending. Like it was, he set up a yeah, situation yeah, yeah, yeah. where it was not going to be a satisfying ending. Yeah. But the want versus the need, the want versus the need, I think in a lot of really good revenge tales, the character finally realizes at the very end, what have I done? Yeah. I got exactly Shang-Chi. what I wanted. Oh my God, Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the good, give me a good, what have I done moment. And I'm all about it. Uh, this never, for me, this never really got to the, what have I done? It ended with him legitimately thinking, Thank you, Anya Taylor Joy, for having getting my seed and turning into the having the next yeah. king and queen twins. And I'm just going to die here by this fire. And I got exactly what I wanted. What's and I, I don't know. It just didn't feel like there was enough conflict there for I'm, me I'm to with, feel like it was character based. I'm with you on that. First, first things first. The real winner here is um, Anya Taylor Joy's um, scheduler. I, I don't know if she's ever taken a vacation <laughs> in her life. She's also had Peaky Blinders coming out. Last year was a huge year for her. Um, anyway, the it is true because I, I wonder what this says. This is it's 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 a bigger discussion, right? In the movie theater experience, I'm with you, where the conclusion of the film did not feel like the conclusion of the witch. Not that they would be identical. Not it would be, it would be a to a anyway. Mm. But they did have similar motifs, right? They did have the similar like flying up to the sky imagery, and I didn't give a fuck. That was about awesome. That. I mean, it, it looked great, but I it didn't. Whereas the witch, yeah. you and I were like, "Holy shit!" At the ending. Whereas yeah. this time, I was like, yeah. "I was like, fine, he's going to Valhalla, but he really fucked over his family." Like I did think that, <laughs> and I couldn't yeah. help it. And I'm not saying it's the I, I, nobody this proud, certainly in this time, which is the 10th century in fucking Iceland. Nobody would would go back, free all of the um, the slaves, essentially, and then leave everybody except for him and walk away. Because we know in 20 in the 21st century, that's that would be baller. If if you just took everything away from him and then left, so he had no sla- he had no family, no slaves, he was just alone on this island. That would be really cool. Yeah, but it's like he basically put himself in a situation where he was gonna die. Like the odds of him, it was it, you know, I guess he could have won and gone home, but the odds were very likely of that, and that is a little bit of um, a bummer. But I think it does say something about this idea of the quest, where it's like, why do we need? This is it's a tale as old as time. How many people went on uh, went out on a quest and they knew it was usually hopeless and they were right. And that's the end. But the quest is supposed to the, I, I'm not saying all right, let's, let, I shouldn't have said supposed to, but even if he was trying to subvert the quest tale, a quest typically changes the main character. It is changed, it changes right? yeah. them. No, he wasn't. Well, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think he was changed at all by the end. Well, and the, and you know yeah. what? The one person both let's go parts. to bat. He goes, yeah, which, which, right? Make a choice. He had, like, sex, he had, like sex, he had sex twice and he was like, you know, I'm good. Good. Let's dive. I don't right, know. That's another, that's another, that's another good example. I feel like she was, uh, first of all, it was another one of those ideas. I didn't need them to have love in there. Like I thought it was, I thought he was like, it was really interesting how he presented their meeting. And I thought it bothered me that he like just, told her everything he was thinking and planned on doing to the stranger in a boat. But as I was trying to get past that. And I thought that was like, okay, she's going to be the agent, the catalyst of change in his well, it's life. It's, of, and it's because of the journey. I think he knew, right. That it was going to be her. And maybe he just assumed it was her anyway. I, I don't know, but I felt like they were, they, 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 I, I think that was another opportunity for them to say, like, it didn't need to be like, so like romantic, like what an interesting thing to say like this. Sometimes this is how people met back then. The culture was so different. The world was so different. And yeah, they met each other. They were companions. They had sex. And then he did, I don't know, the love stuff felt like it was a little unnecessary and forced. And again, it, because of that, it had to be proclaimed, which was just kind of got annoying to me that it was just like riding on these proclamations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let him get to the end of that. <laughs> It is a good point. I, but, I, but I don't think briefly. she was utilized. I don't think she was utilized yeah, well enough. That's that's probably fair. I was waiting for her to do something like because they 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 played the line a lot in this um, earlier on. Later on, it really goes off for that. But they played the line a lot of like, are the god are the gods there messing with people, or is all this just coincidence? Is he seeing this? Is he not? Um, and I kind of really I'm, I'm big on North mythology, love it. And uh, then 
like the the one scene with the crows where they like they come and they peck away and it's like it could be just crows pecking at that because there's blood on the rope and i'm like cool and he falls on the ground and then the camera pans up and i'm like all right we're fucking all in like there's a like a hooded figure of like odin standing there above him i'm like okay the gods are definitely messing with people but up until that point i was like is the god part in his head or is the god part actually like happening are they down here messing with people's quests and like influencing and meddling and I, I felt that was a that that thread itself was very well played. What about the what about the idea yeah. of because um, obviously the supernatural is an element of this, and they believe in it, right? The whole hmm. idea of Odin and Valhalla. But to have what, what, like, what do you think about that one Pirates? I'll call it the Pirates of the Caribbean sequence where the, you can't go into the light, <laughs> but then the yes. thing comes back from the dead, and they're having this battle, <laughs> and one person's undead. Like, what did you think about what did you think about the supernatural? Well, I thought, no, I thought that played that well. Like that, again, that's another part where the cinematography played into it as well. Cause at the end of that fight, they literally hold on him and then the camera pans in a one back to him still standing there. How strange. Yeah. Cool. And it, yeah. And it was, again, it was, did he experience that? Did that happen? Was that played out in his head? Was that played out somewhere else? Like yeah. it, it was a very confusing moment and I loved it because it made me think about it. And then it wasn't until later where it was like, you know, they start revealing how much these gods are meddling that I was like, I'm on board with this. Like, cause they set it up yeah, to the I point where you're that, questioning. I think that, that worked really well for me too. And Dave, you're making it, I'm glad you said that made me, that kind of connected some dots for me. Like the elements of this story, that being one that's seen like the supernatural things or the, uh, the hallucinogenic aspects, the, the, mm-hmm. let's call it the mystic aspects. Let's not say yeah. supernatural, let's say mystic. Okay. Like the beginning sequence was really cool to me that it was, they were trying to create this world where, yeah, even men of ancient men and women of ancient times were believing in these higher ideas and these legends, these gods, but it was still grounded in like all they could do to get there, which was trip on mushrooms and have these uh, coming of age ceremonies. Uh, but it was still so the, the, the contrast between that and the death that was always like right around the corner. It was it was grounding for me. And then I feel like at some point they did kind of abandon that. And they started from the God's perspective, from the director's perspective, showing us valkyries taking him on journeys and stuff and i was like what's happening it's it kind of went i wanted it to go more and this is just one of those annoying things i think i was sitting there in the theater wanting it to go in a more of a grounded sense and then we were going to project all of the legendary epic quest stuff onto it as soon as they became human beings and i think he skirted away from that i think he decided to try to tell the legends and you know what the it just made me think about how difficult it is to tell legendary para para terrible you know kind of questy and it made me just think about the classics like not that we've ever seen like a good recent telling of of the odyssey like as is we've seen a lot of cool adaptations but what's so brilliant about about homer's works is that they they do become completely about what the character is going through it's these amazing spectacle events that are fun to read it has to be it's hours and hours long but ultimately it's about odysseus going through that and having to actually learn what is he trying to achieve and who is he going to become once he's done with it? And can he find his way back to what he, you know, what he ultimately needs, which is not to succeed in these giant things, but to be the person that can come home to his wife. And I I don't know, I guess this was, I think, I think he may have fallen into the trap of the Epic. It just kind of stayed in this archetypal legendary place. And we are really good as audience members at creating that for ourselves. When you make us relate to them, and I just never felt like I could relate to this screaming, giant, angry guy who was just getting further and further away from what he needed to learn all the way up until the end. That was a kick-ass fight at the end, but it was kind of like the opposite of what he was, what I thought we were supposed to feel for him at that time. I want to circle back to what I was saying about how the story is actually small. So the, so I thought, so just to, just follow, track me, track me. So it opens with, and I just watched uh, the first episode of The Last Kingdom, which is also Norse mythology, obviously way, way later. But because um, that was like 1400s, I guess. So this is way before then. But even that, which is a TV show, had 100 extras. So it looked huge, right? So it looked like they were fighting over something big. This opened. It, it made it seem like an important king was coming home. It actually, I was, I was going back and forth between The Last Duel and The Green Knight. And it's not about comparisons yeah. and stuff. The Green Knight with the mystic stuff and The Last Duel just with the... Like, do these people like each other? What are their relationships? Why do they seem to be changing a lot? As you know, Dave. Um, so Ethan Hawke comes home. He's the king. And it's very, he doesn't want to have sex with, fine. He just came back from war with um, 
uh, Nicole Kidman's character. But they immediately go trip <laughs> balls with fucking the the fool who is played by um, Willem Dafoe. And so the three of them, unrecognizable too, till I did a close oh up on his eyes. Oh my god, that was so yeah. odd. That the, you can't mistake the, those eyes though. They're they're they're, <laughs> they're wolves, and there's this whole legacy thing. Like it's so obvious that it's it's almost like their fate is written in the stars. Like there's so epic. The whole all the the proportions were like, oh, this isn't just the war. This is like timeless. This is like centuries connecting. They're like the fucking Windsors of the North North mythology here. And then he's a sl- and he, yada 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 et cetera et cetera. He becomes a slave. He comes back, and then there's like ten people in two houses, and then they keep being like, "Who's killing everybody?" And I'm like, "Okay, maybe the one guy who's like six four and strong." <laughs> I don't know who else. No, dude, that was that <laughs> was. Come on, give me a break. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not just letting. I'm not just being negative to agree with you. I'm just saying like the <laughs> fine. The one thing. Wait, I'm not the only point. But You're seriously, the, the one thing I'm curious about though is he. It seemed like they set up this fucking epic, which they did. And he was the heir to this, and that was taken from him, and then he went back, and then there was nothing there. So at the same time, I understand him going back in the battle, kind of contrary to what I said before, because it's like, this is this is my my legacy. So I'll die here if I have to, but why would I be a dad somewhere else? Why would I just, like, raise kids somewhere else? This is my fucking home, and if I die taking it back and it's just ashes, then I'm going to do that. That's a story we've seen before, too. But it's not an it's not an epic place. It really seems like he's fighting over a farm at the end, you know. And I I, I do. Yeah, I was kind about to say, can is that they're not they're not even kings anymore. Well, I don't know what they were. Right? I mean, that was that so was kind of confusing think, to me. They yeah, like, the whole kingdom's gone. He's, so, he's so, just yeah, the whole kingdom's gone. That, that's the funny. That's the thing. Maybe like, that's why they, they don't they, want us to understand anything. All these yeah. words. And I was like, no, I don't know. That, this seems cool. I guess they're gonna kill some people tonight. That's pretty cool. But ultimately, the grand scheme of things, I was like, what? What are we fighting over right now? What is this? But that that character, that revenge-seeking character, he gets every single motivation for his revenge stripped away from him, but goes through mm-hmm. with it anyway because mm-hmm. he's told that's his fate. Yeah, and, and I, do, I do get that. I do get it. And I think it was all there. And it was I, I very exciting. Yeah, it was exciting yeah. in the theater. It was, it was done really well. I, I think the sound, I think the, the way it was shot, as we, you've talked about a million, we talked about it. Like, actually, we haven't talked about it up, but it was shot so fucking well, hmm, so epic, so massive. But, but also, it does feel like they were hiding the fact that there's really not, it's really a small story. I feel like they were hiding behind that. Not like one huge idea locked among a small number of people. Which again is, but guys, we are, we're all Stephen King fans, right? Mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about him recently. Girlfriend just read first Stephen King and she had a great experience. And we were just talking about that it. thing. The three of us, uh, Green Mile, that was her first oh, one, dude. Jesus. How fucking good is that? Yeah, yeah. I bought yeah, that yeah. in the little um, installments when it came out. Abs, dude, fuck yeah. All six, nice, dude. Good yeah. for you. So what the three of us have waxed long times on, I think we saw one of the hits together and we all were kind of talking about how like that thing he can do, he can turn Which any small one. situation with just mm. nobodies. <laughs> oh, shit. He can turn okay. any, any small situation, small town, nobodies. There's no IP attached to it. It's just an idea and it's a story. And as long as you concentrate enough on what these characters are going through, life begins to seem epic. And I just feel like this was the example of like the opposite. When you project epicness onto something that isn't actually, and you don't equally develop the, the, the stakes and the emotional turmoil and the conflict and the, it, I don't know. I think it just, at some point, it just feels like it's, it's sitting on top of it and you're supposed to believe it as I opposed think, to it arising why, from it. I think I can, tell, I can tell you why you're having trouble there. Because with King, it's usually two ideas, two ideas meshed together. And two very contradictory ideas. What if this and this? And in this case, it wasn't. It was one idea that consistently the whole way through, just one driving force. There was no secondary thing. Don't you think? But he did do, because I don't want to discredit him. Like, I thought introducing all the, the initial introduction to most of this Alexander Skarsgård's obstacles were, were very interesting to me. The fact when he learns very early on, you learn very early when he's an adult that the kingdom doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That his fucking stepdad, his, his, uh, you know, the guy, his uncle who took yeah. the fucking everything from him doesn't even rule anymore. And it's, it's, they're like shamefully running a fucking sheep farm. That was really cool. The introduction of Anya Taylor joy. And 
I don't like how I was introduced, but the idea of her character being a mystic earthen person who who worships different gods was she and that, that was acceptable. They, they like half asked the mysticness for me. I, I, me yeah, I, think, I think so too. That was a last, really good her idea. Last name was the of introduction. the birch forest, dude. Okay. Yeah, why didn't I? Why didn't I, I like no, I get. I get. She played it well. I just. I feel like it wasn't. They showed us real. It's one of many, though. That's what I'm saying, though. It's one of many. The fact that there were other sons involved and that that was they, they kind of brushed by that. When she asked him, Anya Taylor Joy was like, "What are you going to do with the kids?" He was like, "I'll let them live." But then we didn't really explore it anymore. That was going to be a really interesting obstacle. Are, are my half siblings to blame for? That? And there's every time they introduce something, I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to deconstruct. They're going to deconstruct." What happens when the the progeny of the line, the divine line of the king, is interrupted thematically? And it just didn't, they didn't do it. They, they never exercised all those ideas fully. And it just stayed, Dave, I totally agree with you. And if that was his idea, he, he accomplished it. But I think by having a bulldozer of that one idea move through those things and not have to deal with them, I think it actually lessened the bulldozing. It made it less intense when he wasn't as affected by those obstacles. Mm. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Even all the way up to the amazing fucking naked cockfight in front of a volcano. That was fucking awesome. Naked I just wish he felt really oh, yeah, guilty were, about I for, it. I forgot they were naked. <laughs> they were this. Constructive <laughs> shadows in there. Oh, come on. I just, I mean, I just, it, how much more interesting would that fight have been if he felt terrible about it, but that he couldn't help himself? And I don't think he felt terrible about it. I think he wanted to fucking fight that guy. And that just, it yeah, just, he wanted to fight him. Drink your beer. Ah, uh, come on, come on! Even at the end I of fucking disagree. Lion King, there was more conflict in that final fight. Don't you fucking bring Lion King to this? That is a fucking oh. fantastic movie. <laughs> oh, so I'm saying, like, right? Like, you're gonna mess with it. This was obviously Don't say even in Lion King like that. Tell you, you know what? Fuck you. Just say even in Lion King. Lion King was Hans Zimmer's <laughs> requiem for his fucking father. Yeah, yeah, they had fucking good conflict at the end. He didn't fuck around. Jesus. Do you not think this... Let me ask you a question. Do you think that this was influenced by Hamlet? I think Shakespeare's I, in everything that we... There were definitely... I mean, there were definitely some influences there, I think. Because there's also uh, Macbeth I also want to bring seers, up that so. John's so far brought up Shakespeare and Homer. There's, there's homework for this week, kids. Uh, so. <laughs> Look, dude, you he, can't play with these fucking ingredients that he loves yeah. to play with and not reference these things, right? And I haven't Absolutely. read enough fucking Nordic lore and legendary one of our, our good friend al hoverman really really loves a lot of those legends and i've heard that they're really fun but i just i don't understand the telling of them maybe this is exactly how they're told and i'm just the idiot in the read, room read and neil, i just didn't uh, get it read neil gaiman's one it's fun neil gaiman's North uh it's uh, neil gaiman's north mythology i think but it's a Shit, it's a retelling of some of the yeah North oh mythology. yeah he's dude that guy's written everything I'm going to see Wait, a I'm a fucking dick. Let's Dave, let's fucking celebrate the technical. Let's just celebrate what the yeah. fuck they did in like three locations. Like honestly, there were yeah. they were they, they were they weren't too many places. Nope. How did they achieve? Let's play with this one first because this is very specific. And it was the first time I was like, "Oh, how did they do that?" When we get to the land of the Rus, it's the second act. The opening is this awesome uh, shot sorry. where some boats with they're not Vikings, like you know, but these people, these these warriors are going by on this boat, and the camera pushes in toward the boat, and it goes over the river, and then it turns 90 degrees, and it's on the boat. And I was like, how the fuck did they hand off that fucking camera? They must I mean, have had a wire over the river or a crane, um, and then somebody no, snagged it. Um, it was- with the the handles. Um, like the handle mounts, you can, usually you have a camera operator each. It comes in, they'll hook it onto a crane, the crane will go out, and then the camera op in when the boat just will take it off, take it off the hook. Yeah, um, it was seamless. It was so effective yeah. that they didn't try to make they, it look like one uh, visual perspective, though. Like the fact that it goes over the river, the boat passes beyond us, and yeah. then we just turn and we're on the boat. I thought yep. that was that was I thought that was I mean, so it, cool. It might have been a composite as well. I haven't seen the the special features and how they did that because you can actually composite that stuff now as well in in frame. I hope so because Damn. if you if you fuck up that handoff, it's um it's really hard to go ahead and paddle back upstream. <laughs> well, you dates. saw the one from nineteen seventeen, right? Which, which is a three hours. <laughs> we insured. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, they are definitely insured. God damn it! They're definitely insured, but I wonder what their quote is saying. Oh, we're just going to go over some moving rivers, and it's like, okay, yeah. wait, we need gonna, a new quote. We're going to put this on mm. a uh, on a clamp and a wire, run it out over the river, and someone's <laughs> going to pick it up in a canoe. <laughs> 
Jesus yeah, your Christ, insurance dude. is one hundred million dollars. Yeah. That was really beautiful. No, what yeah. was what were some of your favorite technical technical moments, especially the practical? Because he really, I, I really do appreciate all the the really I practical actually, elements, like, the long takes. Aside from the random cuts to the really extreme wides with like everyone just in the bottom of it, so it, like it showed like almost a journey and stuff like that. Uh, I really dug the rolling pans they did. Where they track yeah, the camera so sideways, like they track sideways, and it was a wanna, or it was meant to yeah. look like a wanna. It, it, it was convincing as a wanna. Um, so they've like they've just followed the action and followed the action, followed the, and it just keeps going. And then it, I haven't seen that since that first uh, battle. Yeah. Mm. It's like uh, Viet- Vietnamese film does it a lot, or they used to. I haven't seen much modern Viet- like, Vietnamese film, but yeah, like they'll, specifically they'll, tracking. Seen, yeah, there was a scent of green papaya. I think I believe it was called, and it they did a tracking shot where a guy walked in a building and they tracked with him all the way through the house as he walked, mm. and it mm. was, and then he then they swapped characters and followed the other one back. That's cool, and it was a beautiful shot. It was like all this giant wanna. I couldn't help but think of old boy a little bit when we were watching that first battle scene. That was just, it was almost on the same line. It did eventually yeah. move and go perpendicular, but the attack, the climbing of the wall, the yeah. first few attacks were just totally on one single. It looked like, I'm sure they were walking it, but it looked like track. It was really smooth. Hmm. Um, so whoever did Steadicam on this was, they got their fucking money's worth with that guy because it was I mean, fucking it might beautiful. Have been How did you like that? How did you like that? Uh, both both of you guys like aesthetically do you think that that worked with the the real calm and steady grounded camera very kind of creepily moving through these really intense yeah, like, bloody violent I mean, battles i noticed it so i'm in two minds it's like i probably shouldn't have noticed it but i noticed it because that's exactly I what i was thinking dude yeah yeah i don't and i don't know if it's because we we're just constantly thinking about the sausage is made but when it when the sausage is made well i don't think about it so that's what yeah. that is. What made, did you think like about it? The revenant, the revenant the did that. The revenant did that a lot for me. I mean, it was handheld yeah. sometimes, obviously, but but there were a lot of times yeah. In the least, in the steady. least compelling moments, I was thinking of like, God, how long did it take well, you guys to stage again, this fight? It's never to, a good sign, right? Where you're thinking about like the camera. Like now, I know there's a well, camera. To, yeah, which to is throw, disappointing. To, throw to something like 1917, which is done in a whole giant wanna. Yeah. I was thinking about where the joins were for about the first five minutes of that film, and then I was and then gone. You forgot about it. yeah, I mean, yeah. Too. Me too. But even in the, let's use 1917 as an example. When that plane comes over the ridge and crashes, I was like, everybody run. Like I, I stopped thinking about the camera, even though I knew yeah. there was like, how did they do that? How did they get that shot? That's beautiful. But I also was like, get out of the way. What, what are they going to do? There's a plane coming. So, and some of the most compelling moments where they were going across no man's land and stuff, I, I stopped thinking, how are they getting this amazing wonder? Yeah. And I was thinking, look at the character, look at what's happening to these, to these people. And we just, we can, we have the ability to watch them the whole time. Yep. Most of the cinematography in this movie, in this movie, uh, The Northman, I wasn't thinking, but there were just a couple where I was like, that was a little too sexy. It may have been too <laughs> yeah. sexy, you guys. Yeah. I'm thinking you, just you, a little bit kinda, about your achievement. There. Broke style a little bit because you thought of something good. But yeah. Did you guys like the uh, the naked dancing, chanting? That he he loves doing stuff like that. Like let's just park a camera and let's let people do this ceremony in front of us and we'll just kind of move in when it's time did that whole scene work for you at the beginning with when we first see him as an adult yeah it's just you know that whenever about? you take yeah. willem defoe's pants off it's just like everybody is just like are we gonna see it are we gonna fucking see it now is is, is today the day <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation that's really disappointed that we did not get to see willem defoe's penis in this movie it's you know, legendary Lars von Trier told the whole world about this, and then apparently Francis Ford Coppola talked about. Apparently, not a couple of uh, Oliver Stone. Like apparently, uh, uh, I'm just. It's okay. Like it doesn't it's matter. It's a distractingly the si- large penis. The size. Hey, we've matter, also everybody's I mean, seen Big Little Lies now. I think that that's my theory on why they couldn't let him go totally naked uh, for the ending uh, fight at the gates of hell because Skarsgård had two fucking hands on that thing and, and big little lies <laughs> do you remember that scene where she hits it with a tennis racket oh jeff you never saw big little lies you're looking I saw at the you first with, season with are you talking about, is this the second season first season where nicole given hits it with the tennis racket and breaks it and he holds it with his like two oh Wait, come that, on you don't that remember his? that scene no, I, I'm, I thought, I'm sure. I, I probably thought he was fake i will raise you i will raise you more naked 
naked, naked men. I wish that there were moments in this amazing fight in front of a fucking volcano. It, it was done so beautifully. It was so Why cool. But it was obvious to me cock? what they were supposed to be naked. Why yes. were they wearing? They were very clearly wearing some kind of underwear or shorts in a lot of the silhouette wides. And I was like, let the dicks sling you guys. Like, we know what's happening here. Let's, <laughs> let's just, we have, we have earned a bunch of naked slinging dick in this silhouettes. Like, let's no, just go for it. No it. You guys, it's like, are they no naked or not? I, I saw, I saw they, lights. They were totally. I, I saw lights reflecting off sweaty ass. Ass. Yes, exactly. And that's my problem. It was like, you can't show us like ass and not really, if they're naked, then where the fuck are the their dicks? Hole, like, dude, come I'm on, let's just go for like, it. <laughs> you know what? Do you guys remember history of, no, excuse I mean, me, Eastern you're, Promises? If you're naked in a sword fight, you tough, That's dude. a badass. Promises 2007, no way, I guess. Yeah, Eastern actually, Promises, don't, don't the fucking, fight, the Turkish bath fucking the naked sword dick, fight. I mean. Get out of here. That's the whole point. Everything is on the line here. We're in front of a volcano. Everything yeah. could get burned. Everything could get shot no, off. Even, even in a fight to the death, nothing below the belt. My name is Inigo Montoya. Check out my dick. Yeah, right? What if they okay, just yeah, no. <laughs> Different movie. Different yeah. movie. Um, You're welcome, world, for those three and a half minutes where we just talked about naked penis. Also, and I feel dirty more about of it the Northman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David. Sean! All right, what else, what else you got? <laughs> I think that's it. I, I, I wish I knew a little bit more about what they were working on. I think there was a lot of labor going on, and I was like, what are we doing here? But otherwise, I, I still really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> I liked it in the theater, so I'm curious about what my rewatch just didn't was. seem like there was enough of an estate for well, them to like, need okay, that many tonight's the like, night. All we have to do is get through this day. What are we doing today? I don't know. You go to the house. I'll, uh, Honestly, well, what know, was I'll it? Dig, I'll dig it something was, out here. Didn't they say it was a sheep farm at one point? I didn't see any. So they were they were farming. I have no idea. Honestly, this I'm with epic you, dude. movie there about this that... guy reclaiming his egg. Yeah, just, I'm not sure. He was helping what... someone like. Put up a fence, like I, I really don't. I honestly, that is. I know that sounds like. I'm glad you brought it up. Like, <laughs> what was, what was going on on their land? I don't even know. All the that nobody ever left great. to sell anything. They they didn't produce anything. Uh, maybe I don't they, understand maybe what it was, was good. Where I was like, every day, I just hope he has a conversation with Anya Taylor Joy because she seems important. And every night, I hope someone dies. And if if those two things happen, I'm happy. And they set up this world, and I and I exist. However, if I rewatch this movie, I feel like I'm. It's I feel like it's not gonna it's not gonna hold up as much if I rewatch the movie. But we'll see. I don't know. I have to see. Time will tell. Well, we've had oh, a good talk about it. I complained about it. a bunch. <laughs> I complained a bunch, but and I, I think it was all valid. And I, I I will still stand by the fact that I'm glad he got to make his his big movie. I hope they keep giving him money because it's a oh, it is a real vision. We forgot to say early on that they did a test audience and nobody in the test audience knew what anybody was saying. So they had to had to do voiceover and reshoot it so that you could actually understand what they were saying. Oh, I know, John, no. you said you're happy that they didn't understand what they were saying. But if I didn't understand what they were doing and I could understand them. <laughs> like, I like watching, I, I think, I like watching I do things think it in Spanish been more and stuff and like not reading the subtitles or if there's no. Yeah, sub- I, like I think that, that would have been a cool movie if they had done that. If he, if he had really had the balls to just say, like, fuck it, it's going to be in this ancient language and I'm not subtitling shit. I think that would have been next fucking level badass. Like, and I, would, I don't care if they were declaring it. anything. We Really fast, before we finish, because we didn't talk about it at all. We talked about Anya a little bit, but there's a big famous cast in here. Do you guys want to call out anybody? I didn't know Ethan Hawke was in this movie. I know. Did you know that? He was unrecognizable. Like, uh, I was like, at first I saw him and I was like, well, saw him in close up. I'm like, is that Ethan Hawke? But like oh, obviously he's cool. on he's on he TV at the moment in Moon Knight. So Moon Knight, I was yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He so he said, yeah, he's a fan. I liked it. Yeah, I, I think the only casting. Was, if you if you're casting something and you're like you have to look that close to go, is that that actor? Everyone's done a phenomenal job, especially when you've done it for like okay. ten it, minutes. Exactly, and and that is the exact reason why I don't know if Nicole Kidman was the best casting choice. She's a wonderful actress. She's wonderful. Especially if you see a five I didn't, I didn't have stuff. to do as that. Also, this is the first time I've been in the theater since she does that thing. But, but because of what you just said, like, I, there wasn't one moment where I thought, is that Nicole Kidman? Like, it was so obvious. There, oh, there's a giant fucking star. Like, you kind of, you know, yeah, Alexander Skarsgård is going to get on board. Nice, it was nice to see her get a little bit down and dirty with the betrayal aspect. It yeah, was, face, but if I'm being honest, I wish that, it was. Yeah. I wish it was a lesser-known actor. I think that would have been more yeah. effective for me to disappear into the world because I was like, "Well, there's fucking 
there's Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Like, there's just no way around it. Whereas you're totally right. I spent mm. the first 10 minutes being like, is that Nathan Hawk? That yeah. is Ethan Hawk. God, this is good. I was like, God, oh, no, this is fucking awesome. Is that Willem Dafoe? What the hell is happening? <laughs> like, this is yeah, it's like, it was and so then transformative. Like, oh, that's Nicole Kidman because betrayal feels good in a place like this. Anya, mm. I knew it was her. Yeah, buzz yourself. Anya, okay. I knew it was her, we, we, of course, and we and it didn't matter. I just wish he had yeah, done more with wrong. her character because she's. I just want more of her. She's just what the hell? She is a fucking. Yeah. A real beast. Just take a vacation, Anya. Just pick <laughs> yes, one take pick a vacation, one yeah. good movie next year and just like you're good. We'll remember you in two years if it doesn't go well. Like it's okay. She needs a break, man. Yeah, you're in the club. Just take take care of yourself. Peaky Blinder season six. Like, okay. Guys, when are we getting together? When are we when are we getting together for our uh naked wolf ceremony where we become <laughs> warriors? <laughs> I got three days in LA coming up. <laughs> You do? Let's do it, dude. Let's do yeah. it. Let's fucking let's do it. On the way, let's on the way back it. from Australia, yeah. Oh yeah, right. Fuck. Yeah. Wolf ceremony at MacArthur Park. I'm there. No subtitles. <laughs> no <laughs> subtitles. All right. If anybody's actually still listening <laughs> to this, I'm going to uh Tribeca <laughs> Film Festival. My brother bought me an eight movie pass. Eight. I have to go see eight? I've seen eight movies. Oh, I, I didn't exciting, mean to say I'm going dude. to see. So if anybody wants to recommend any of the movies that are happening at Tribeca for me to see, I have two days to sign up for them. Uh, in two days is what I'm Good for you, dude. Is, Congrats, so. man. Yeah, but I, I need to figure out what to see. That'll be fun. Dave and I yeah. went to one. That's all, I, that's the most I've ever gone to Tribeca, but it's a cool festival. Dude, that was that was fun too. We hung with everyone afterwards. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty pretty I fun screen. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's um hybrid, some virtual, some in person. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, but it's in June. Cool. Go in person though, dude. Oh, yeah, go, in, go person in person for sure, yeah. right? All right, let's yeah. wrap, let's wrap this up. Um, we always round up our episodes with round up. We always wrap up our episodes with a quick round of what you've been watching, Dave. Anything? Oh, I got a few this week. Um, God, I checked you didn't out watch new... shit last week. I heard your episode. I... <laughs> You're like, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. I was like, yeah, Dave, so who is I this? Made, I made up for it this week. Uh, I watched uh, The Out of Range on, on Amazon. It's kind of oh, like... Oh, Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah, they're describing it as Yellowstone meets Supernatural. And it's the, the episode structure is kind of like Walking Dead, where it's like drama, 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 somebody's angry, drama, drama, drama. Oh, shit, what the fuck was that? And I'll watch it next week. <laughs> so, like, it's... It, it is a bit slow, but it really grabs you. It's a it's a good one. Um, I also had the good the uh, good fortune to be able to check out the unbearable weight of massive talent. All right, talk to us. Yeah, talk Fucking to us. Hell, dude. Fucking like, hell, dude! Like whatever you think it is, it's not. It's it's fun. It's heartfelt. It's that's what I thought a lot a, a lot of too. the funny stuff they show in the trailer, but there are a couple of gems hidden in there. Hmm. But it's it's definitely one you just like don't expect a lot. Just go ahead and have fun with it. And it, it's it's a fucking great premise. And I want to say that, like, Pedro Pascal steals the fucking movie. Like, I am so willing good. to fight Nick Cage for his love right to be now. Honest, to be honest, like, I thought it was going to be fun and heartfelt and to have low expectations and that Pedro Pascal was going to steal the show. So that's what I thought. So, yeah, you're, you're on, well, you're on point. You're on point. And uh, just yesterday, I watched um, The Forever Purge, which they, I think they put on HBO Max recently. It's the the latest Purge movie. Yes, no, no. It's it got a cinema run, but it was it's uh, it's just dropped on HBO Max, and it's probably the second best Purge movie they've released. Out of how many? Five, six, five, six, thirty-four. Fuck knows. Which is your favorite? Uh, the first one is you'll never like the first one. The first one, one, yeah. Yeah. Um, After that, it it was kind of up and down, and they were just repeating themselves. This is something different, a little bit. Yeah, that that's, that's premise me. has legs. If they wanted to go there, they could make like a well, they, dramatic. They, they were making that. a series. I think, I think it, it really lasted a season. I mean, it's basically what's going to happen when Elon Musk buys Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just the pur- the Twitter I'm purge, I'm the turge, yeah, the twerge. Uh, nice, dude. I um, I'm jealous. I didn't go see that movie. Our friend Chris Hurt from last week's episode. I talked to him. He went and saw it, and he said his whole fucking theater was cheering at the end. Oh yeah, like everybody yep. was all in, having a great time. It's so ridiculous the... by the end. It's amazing. Nice. I um, rewatched uh, Green Mile. Still stayed. Uh, That's a some nice little lighthearted name. flick, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that because she finished the book last night. It was really fun. Um, Staying with the Nancy Myers kick, we were still going with that a little bit. Yeah, I'll take the heat, whatever. We watched What Women Want. I know the nice. main actor in that movie is is not everybody's favorite, oh, no, he's, but he's back. still very. He's back. He's back. Still very charming. 
Very, very, very charming movie. Um, and then I finally watched, and I, guys, I'm going to admit to this, I had not seen this being there. Hal Ashby directed Peter Sellers in Being There, ah. uh, kind of a precursor to a Forrest Gump kind of character, a person with a certain mental state uh, finds themselves being thwarted into the, the highest levels of society and sought after by the president of the United States and the richest man in the world and journalists. And it's just a really fun subversion and a really amazing ending. It's, it's worth watching for sure. Really lovely film. Um, yeah. So that was probably my, my biggest one. recommendation. It's been on my list for years. I love Peter Sellers. It's just, it's slow. But, you know, th- th- as a lot of the movies from the, the 70s are, I think that was 79. A lot, a, well, a lot of, Aces, I think Aces we're coming movie. back to that. A, a lot of things these days are a little bit slower, and I'm kind of enjoying it. We all slowed down during the pandemic. So. I, I would fucking love that. How about you, Joe? Um, so I didn't see you guys last week. I, I've entered my week slash two weeks of hell for my grad school semester. It's sort of my last full semester. I just have a three-credit independent. Cheers. Take Cheers to your, uh, your lack of sleep. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. Um, so was that the opening to the Northman? The fucking like throat singing oh, dialogue. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. That's you so will go to the again. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I uh, TV. I'm back to TV, watching things around the apartment while I'm you know doing killing time, working out, eating. Like people out the windows or shows. Um. Uh, on my television that was not meant to be a trick question <laughs> so I, I i had started severance when we did our sonic episode and i finished severance mm. and holy so shit good. i it's, it's been a while be since so i've good. seen a show where i was like this should just end after one season like homeland and then it doesn't so they, they clearly end with a cliffhanger and i went oh fuck and like it's like they nailed that cliffhanger. Yeah, in a good way. Like, and they nailed that. Because okay. I, I really was like ready for them to start giving me some answers and start wrapping it up. And then they end on a cliffhanger. Not to, not to spoil it, but just know that there's this another season coming. But but it, going into award season, this is like the award season dump right now. I it's Severance is is it's it's amazing. It's it's gonna be. That's the top what Chris said. Yeah, he loves uh, it. And then mm. I'm I'm still into like these shows about real life things. Sorry, writers, but good stories are good stories. You know what I mean? And like the fact that you have the dropout super pumped and we crashed all at the same time is like clearly emmy dumb season but also like these are really good stories we love unicorns that crash we love it and so i had been watching we crashed i still have one episode to go but i started super pumped just like casually and it's the weakest out of the shows i don't know what's happened to brian compliment and his writer but they they are they have this formula that they just need to chill the fuck out on of like giving sports references and pop culture references to every character no matter what for no reason but oh. like but so it's definitely like the weakest like scene mar- scene writing of all of them. But it's just such a good story. Like this Uber founder is such a dickhead, and he just fucked everything up. Even though it's such a good product and a good company. So yep. I've been watching that like casually, you know. But that's I it. canceled my account. Dude, I watched uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you still go. I didn't mention the TV, but I, I did. I'm I'm caught up on Winning Time. I'm still having a great time. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about last night's because I I was on a a dirge. Is that the right word? Is a dirge the right word? What's I mean, it, if what you're having a funeral, what that means. yeah. Is, is, what, is it, what does dirge mean? It's it's a funeral song. It's a it's a funeral song. Oh wow! Is it like from <laughs> a lament like a... for the dead? Okay, so it was. I didn't have a yeah, dirge yeah. Last <laughs> like a magical <laughs> lament for the dead. Like, like a very we specific. Are the, we are the family magical. Um, no, no, I, I, um, I didn't watch it yet, but um, it's I still like okay, it. Okay, you didn't watch that. I still like I also, it even even though the, the episode two weeks ago was probably my least favorite of the season, but it ended really well. And I don't care about the inaccuracies. <laughs> I, I know that I know that there are some, but you know, whatever. My last, my last. Uh, I forgot about this entirely, but I, I am. I watched and I am caught up on Julia. Very, very charming show. If, if you like about Julia Child, it's on HBO Max. Yeah. Anyone who loves that kind of world, like half the frast cast of Frasier is in that fucking show, which is really enjoyable. Nice. Uh, and yeah, yeah, really charming. Any foodies out there? Come at me. Think foodies. you guys would like it. Well, our recommendation section is long. Sean! Away, so this is great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for sticking with us. The North I'm changing, I'm changing the buzzer. We have to thing. hashtag. No you have to hashtag. Hashtag Sean. You have to give that guy a I shout out. I don't episode. remember how I said it, so I have to, I'm sure I spiked my microphone. But uh, okay, thank you Some so much, Sean. 
we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about something next week. I know it for sure. And we'll see you soon. Take it easy, film fans. Peace.